Welcome to Ambitious Motherhood, the podcast for the mom who is chasing after her dreams in motherhood and business. This is your permission slip to pursue all that you were created to be and live out your calling both in and out of your home. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Welcome back to Ambitious Motherhood. Today on the podcast, I am so excited to be chatting with Katie Farrow. Katie and I have been working together through a private coaching and mentorship experience over the last four to five months. And today we are bringing her story to you so that you can understand what private coaching looks like, the success that she's had, the tips and tricks and things that you can apply to your own business. And also, she's going to be sharing some of her expertise on accounting, profit, and how you can prioritize profit from the get-go. So let's get to today's episode. This is episode number 91 on Ambitious Motherhood with Katie Fleming. Let's do this. Well, hey, girl, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited for us to do this like recap of what you and I have gone through over the last not even six months, right? That's so crazy. (laughs) So crazy. So fill everybody in that's listening into our conversation, who you are, what you do, and more about just what your business is and your family life. I'm Katie Farrow. I am a corporate escapee. I have a CPA and worked in corporate for about seven or eight years. Now I run a home-based bookkeeping practice. So I've simplified things. I don't even do taxes anymore. I work from home with my two very soon to be three small children. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And when you and I started working together, you were just pregnant you were trying to figure out plan for the future of what you wanted business and life to look like, right? Yes, because number three will be here in five weeks. And number one is just three and a half years old. So I knew I had to kind of stop throwing everything at the wall like I had been for the year before and just get really, really strategic about simplifying what I was doing, but making it work Yeah. so that I could live the life that I want to with my kids and not sacrifice that which is why I called you. hundred <laughs> percent. I love it. And we're going to dive in at the end of this episode into your expertise. And you're going to really go into the importance of understanding your profit, how if you're not profitable, adding more clients is not going to make you any more money. So stay tuned for that. But I want to go into a little bit of your experience in coaching, what life has looked like at the beginning, where you are now. So since working together, share with me a little bit about the changes that you've experienced, what life and business has looked like since deciding that coaching through a private coaching setting was your next best step. You're going to have to keep me in track here because so much has happened that it's actually almost hard to recap, you know, all at once. But I think the biggest thing is that when I came to you, I didn't have a lack of ideas. I had way too many and I couldn't narrow down where to focus and what to do next. And that was leaving me like thinking a lot, even, you know, when I wasn't actually sitting down and working, my brain was going in so many different directions. And then I was in a long period of trial and error and I had people like business besties, you know, my husband, friends, family that I could talk to, but not the way that you can talk to somebody who is truly invested in your business. And I knew that I was being exhausting. I wanted to have somebody, you know, 
where I was paying for that service and they were putting in the time and really invested in what I was saying so that they were giving me honest and constructive feedback to help me narrow down my thoughts and make my business work in the way that I knew it could. Yeah. I remember you saying trial and error that you were just, you had been tweaking, testing, trying, and none of it was getting to the point where you felt excited or, or stable, right? I'd say stable. I was always excited, but I wasn't stable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I can still see that page in my notebook, the first call we had, the whiteboard call where it was like, you had all of these different ideas. And I was like, wait, so there's the, this, the, this, the, that. At and least was, three. It might've been four. Oh my goodness. I was like, so you have like three different businesses right here. <laughs> and, and what was so beautiful is so quickly we made them merge. Yeah. That was amazing. So fill everybody in on what that, those launch numbers look like, the income, how much money, how much time spent working, those different changes that you've had. Well, I want to start with, you had said like, what was one of the biggest takeaways? And I think it's important to kind of lay it here first, because on our first call, you said to focus on who you could serve at the highest level. How can you give them the biggest transformation and to a person that can afford it? And that was such a light bulb moment for me because I was trying to put out smaller offers to reach more people. And then I realized that I was still holding stuff back. So if I focused on how to give them the biggest transformation, then pricing it, just you price higher, you reach fewer people, but you serve them so much better. And it's really a win-win for everybody. And that was game changing for me. So right after that, I took some offers that I already had, a course that I had that was like, I was trying to make it passive and I just became involved in that process. So I had a launch, what was it, like six weeks into working with you? Because I didn't, I didn't really reinvent the wheel. I just took stuff that I had and added more value. Yeah. We repackaged a bit. Yeah. But I had a lot of the content there. I just didn't have it set up at the highest level offer that I could. So we did a group program and I think that was, you know, 2,500 or 3,000 that right away in six weeks that brought the money back in. And that was a month long program. Yeah. Yeah. And it got you a lot of momentum in conversations with your ideal clients and figuring out what more they needed, right? Yes. And it showed me, you know, that that could work, but I knew everything for me is... I'm having a baby in October. So I could do this and I could relaunch it and I could make it better and I could, you know, put more promotion behind it or run ads or whatever it was. But I knew that showing up like that in that way was still more than I would probably be able to give with three kids at home in the fall. So I learned that this could work, but it was a little bit more, even the challenge week was a little bit more than I thought I would be able to definitely say I could handle. Yeah. So it showed me, I actually took a step back and did what I tell everyone to do and looked at my own numbers. And I saw that courses and things like that were actually taking more time and bringing me less money than what had turned into on my bookkeeping side. Because I, I started with bookkeeping clients and my bookkeeping clients were funding my efforts to go passive and online. And through that process, I didn't want to give up my paying clients, so I hired help. And I found myself working less and making more on that side of things. And then I just leaned there hard. 
And what was that about two, three, no, no longer than three months ago? Yeah, no longer. And I think it was the moment you, you changed your intention. You put your intention back on that. That's when things started rolling client-wise. Would you agree? Yes. As soon as I got clarity on what was working and why and what I wanted and why. And I think a huge part of it was not just realizing that the bookkeeping was working, but realizing why I liked bookkeeping, why I cared about it. Because I kept thinking, why am I not attracting people talking about this thing that like all business owners should do? And then I realized like for me, I understood that bookkeeping gives you an actual pulse of your business. Bookkeeping is like a lower level accounting service compared to taxes. People think of taxes more of the specialty. You can charge more money there. You have to go to school for way longer. You can put that CPA behind your name, which means you have a master's degree and took a really hard test. But taxes are not, you can plan for taxes, but if somebody brings taxes to you, afterwards, which is almost always how they bring it to you. It's not fun. You just have to follow rules and then give people a bill. But with bookkeeping, you can actually see how your business is doing in a way that a lot of entrepreneurs' minds, they don't think that way and show them how they're doing so that they can continue to do better. So once I figured out why I love bookkeeping and that I was making money in bookkeeping and I didn't have to actually work every hour that was required to get that to my clients, I leaned there and started talking about that, put out my intention to get five or 10 new clients before the baby's born. And I think I might have 10 exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think you do. Although, although one counts as three. So I was pretty much done for a while, <laughs> but they won't stop coming is the truth. I got yeah. a new form. I raised my prices on my form last night by what, 60%. And I have a submission this morning. No way. You haven't told me that. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. We keep trying to close your gates down, but it's not working. Nope. (laughs) I would almost say that the more I'm charging, the more people understand that I understand the value and then they want that value. And you're more obsessed with your clients now today. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And I've raised prices on existing clients, ones that like I feel like might not be the right fit anymore or draining my energy for one reason or the other. Like I'm not charging them enough or... I'm not like that jazzed up about them. But then what I've decided to do is just keep raising prices. I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to keep raising prices. And 100%, they always say yes. So <laughs> that has been really interesting to see. But the, And then when they do that, then the respect gets better. And then the relationship in, as a whole gets better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So talk to me also, because the, the moms listening, they have just as much desire to be home and present with their kids as they do to be building a business and bringing in an income. Talk to me about what your working lifestyle has looked like since working together. Well, I'd say since the beginning of my business, I've been really, really intentional to not take away from my family time. I have been lucky with it wasn't a need from the very beginning. So that helps. But what I've learned through that process is that you can build things in a way where you understand what you're giving up, even if you need the money. Charging your value and understanding your value will help you make so much more money and get those clients that you like. And if you can come without like a scarcity mentality, understanding what you offer and knowing that it's something high value, you can make a really good living for yourself completely on your own terms. So getting really crystal clear on why you even want a business. For me, I did this exercise in January. 
I wrote out my perfect day and I realized how close it is to what I have now. It's waking up to my kids, not an alarm. It is enjoying the parks around here and spending time with them while they're little. So once I wrote that down, I said, there's very little different here. And I think what I want to do is secure that so that I never have to go back to corporate. When I left corporate, I, I didn't know if I'd be going back. So now I'm able to know that I'm never going back to corporate, that I make more money now in a lot less time, and I can continue to enjoy the years with them, which means I won't sacrifice my time with them while they're little to build a business that's designed to give me more time with them while they're little. So I'm really, really intentional about that, and I, I have been. But when I came to you, because I was testing so many things, I had upped my sitter's hours, and she was working three, four-hour days. Then when we started working together, it was really one of my goals to cut that back. I wanted to get right back to the two days, but be making that money in my business. And really shortly after working together, I stopped doing things that weren't working for me. I stopped showing up religiously on Instagram. I stopped blogging. I stopped pinning. I stopped compulsively making sure that I was structuring out emails for my email list. I do it more intuitively now with less of a schedule, less pressure. And that has given me more time. So I cut back on my sitter to two days a week. And she, now she works two five-hour days a week instead. And actually, she's coming back today for the first time in two weeks. So she's been off for two weeks. And my business has continued to grow. Yeah. And you haven't felt stressed or really frazzled. I have kept cool. <laughs> we had a hurricane, you know, threaten us. So I don't know if stress-free, but <laughs> there's been a lot going on in the last couple of weeks. And I've been able to like just shift it to when my daughter naps. I might have the laptop open at times when I wouldn't normally now. And I'm doing a little bit more at night. I'm still working, but I'm not unable to function. And I think a big part of that is that I have a good team under me now. My team has grown from two to five in the time that we've worked together, two to five, which is huge. Yeah. My clients have more than doubled. I think it might be tripled. Getting close. Yeah. So walk me through those numbers. If you want to just tell me how much you've grown as well as kind of comparing it to corporate and what life looked like at the CPA firm. Life at the CPA firm it was actually good for a CPA firm is the truth, which means that during tax season, you'd work maybe 50 or 60 hours a week, which is actually good. Like other ones will run you 70, 80, you know this, 90. You'd be working round the clock seven days a week. And we did get to bank that time. But still, I mean, there was a tax season where I had to show up and drive two hours in traffic every day even just that alone. That's the time that I work now. The time that I used yeah. to commute is the time that I work now. That is mind-blowing. And I've, I, that was the first time that I connected that. Yeah, you said that last week. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. It's amazing. Well, because it was two hours a day, five days a week. Now it's five hours a day, two days a week. That's mind-blowing. And you know, you'd have to work on any kind of client, whatever they give you, which means they were definitely not the kind of clients always that I loved and was like fully invested in. I didn't necessarily have the face-to-face -face relationships with the clients. I learned a lot there. But you know, any kind of nine-to-five job, you are selling a huge chunk of your life and your freedom. And even in a place that was kind of flexible like that, because I'd be able to take my time and travel in the summer. A lot of people did that. They'd take three weeks off. And I didn't have that in my more standard corporate job where we just always worked a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you can't 
like I can do anything that I want now. I can schedule any vacation anytime I want. And I remember that clicking at some point in the fall when I went to Disney on a Friday. I didn't send an email to a client. I didn't tell a soul on earth. My husband and I decided on Thursday that we were going to go on Friday and we just up and went. And I thought like, how free is this and how wonderful is this that I can just make these impulsive decisions to do anything, any day, any time. And I, seven years in corporate, I had to request off for anything, weddings, your mom's surgery, the most like necessity type things. And now it's just the complete opposite. I 100% own my time. But aside from that, the unimaginable of making literally two times more than I did at the CPA firm. It's crazy. And I do easier work for clients I love. And I see the change that that has for them. And it's just huge. And the effect you're having on the, the women that you're bringing on as your team. Yes, because I'm showing, I'm trying to teach them what they can do also. It's amazing. So give yeah. them the skill and show them. I always say that SeaWorld, Disney World, whatever is always better on a Tuesday. So being able to have that opportunity to do that. Is I love Tuesdays too. What's up with that? I love them because the, I like to go grocery shopping at 8 a.m. during the week when absolutely nobody's there. And now a little bit of this has changed because my son's in school, but at least I can still do it with my daughter. But I'd have them both in the grocery cart a cookie for breakfast at Publix <laughs> and the whole place is empty. And I love not being on rush hour. I love it. Cause I lived in rush hour for so long. You know, you drive when everybody's driving, you go out to eat when everybody's eating, you shop when everybody's shopping. And if there's a hurricane, you're hurricane prepping when everybody's hurricane prepping, or you and I can pick up and go while everybody else is at work and the kids are at school, which is yep. so nice. Get your own pick of the water. And you get just so much more time, even just by beating the rushes. Oh yeah. I'm obsessed with that. Yep. Oh yeah. So tell me about what made you make the decision to leap into private coaching specifically. I had done group programs and that was a big investment for me. And that was uh, maybe, I guess, six months or so before we started working together. And I was not sure about it, but it was a great experience the only thing is that there were 50 to one. And so while we were a group, we were a group of people that were still, we're all working on something and we're all figuring it out. And we had one person to share her attention with. I still got a ton out of that, but I knew that I really just didn't have the time to keep fiddling around. I wanted to get serious. I wanted to get on calls and be able to talk for the full hour about my business specifically. Because you'd get ideas, but then you'd have to go back and try to figure them out. And when you're figuring them out, you get stuck in the details sometimes. And you end up sometimes right back around at square one waiting for the next weekly call. So I was ready to just have one-on-one -on -one attention, somebody highly invested in me and help me just get from point A to point B as soon as possible so that it was smooth sailing when the baby was here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really, what was it about my coaching, my methodology that really attracted you to working together? I was thinking about this last night. Aside from the fact that you talk about my biggest thing, which is working less, making more, and not sacrificing your family, that's everything that is important to me. It's not a formula that you're giving out. You're not saying this worked for me, so fit this into your business. You're saying, what are your goals? What works for you? 
What do you want? And how can we get you there? By making it not even huge tweaks, yeah. <laughs> small tweaks, small just questions. And so it was, it was your no packaging, no roadmap, just let's sit down and hash it out and figure out what's going to work for you. Yeah. I think that's what's wrong in the online space. Oh yeah. Oh, this is, I, yeah, I say that, I think I said it in a podcast recently, save the cookie cutters for Christmas cookies because yes, we got time for that. Yes. So yes. I've been huge on that now because people, people are starting to follow me trying to do the same thing, trying to take that. I have like a lot of accountants and bookkeepers and stuff just starting to follow me, not just them, but people in business. And I'm saying this worked for me. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be the thing that works for you. I have basically shifted off of Instagram. I still show up there, but funneling through Facebook. Facebook is where I show up best. But somebody else might hate Facebook. And so Facebook wouldn't convert for them. So it's just about figuring out what's right for you, which has been what you've been so good at from the beginning, asking questions that let me come up with the answers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I loved it when you said... I think I finally figured out how you like what you what your strategy is. You just ask me questions back to my questions. <laughs> which is really a skill, but almost yeah. so great to, because you're letting me answer, which means I'm going to find the right answer, you know, or at least be working on something that feels aligned with me. And then if it doesn't, it was my idea and we twist it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So all right. So talk to me about like a couple of your biggest aha moments in this coaching journey. You mentioned that one at the beginning about the highest offer, but do you have any others to share? Yeah, that was huge. So who can you serve at the highest level who can afford your service is huge, huge. It changes. It really changes the way that I make decisions. I think about it often and I've shared it many times. I, that could be like just one tagline because it made so many pieces connect for me. Mm -hmm. But What you did with Kajabi was really, really cool too, because Kajabi is the amazing platform for hosting your online courses. They reached out to me during the time we've worked together, which is another amazing thing that happened, asking me to write a course, write it. But then you said, I was saying like, I don't know, it's, it's just, I could do this for the exposure, but maybe I'll ask for a discount off of Kajabi. And you said, instead of asking for discounts, I would think, how can you get more involvement? How can you make this better? How can you ask for more of something value added? And before you know it, I was on a plane 10 days later going to Kajabi to actually make this course and record this course with them and get to meet the people behind Kajabi and who knows what that could lead to. So just asking for more in a way that adds value for everybody, that was huge too. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. That was so awesome. Love that. And that's going to, what comes down the pipe from that, I can't wait to see like the long-term effects of that. Right. Because it's still not live yet. So we'll see what happens. I love it. So what would you say to somebody that's on the fence or thinking, I don't know if working with Katie is my next step. I don't know if private coaching is what I need. I don't know. What would you say to that fence sitter? So I would, I would ask them how serious they are about their business. And I don't mean this like in any kind of negative way. I don't believe that entrepreneurship or business is for everybody. So I think you need to ask yourself, are you really committed for one thing? And then how quickly do you want to get results? Because one of the things that drives me crazy seeing people say is, I can't afford a coach. 
And I kind of feel like you can't afford not to if you're serious about your business. And I really mean that. Like, if you're struggling in any way, if your business isn't exactly how you want it to be, if the people you're asking for advice can't give you that advice because they don't understand, because this is a complex kind of way of doing business, it's shifting everything, then how long is it going to take you to be able to afford a coach? Your coach can pay themselves back so quickly. I could have put you on a credit card and paid you off by the end of that month for the full three-month investment. And what has happened in my business, my income has doubled. My time working has lowered. I have clarity. I sleep better at night because my brain's not constantly going with what should I do next. And so if you're serious about your business and you're committed to the results, then I just think that the time is now. But what I do think is that not every coach and client is the right fit. So find somebody whose method aligns with you like you and I do so well. Like if I were trying to build an eight-figure business working 60 hours a week because that's somebody's dream, that might be with a different person. But you and I are the perfect fit. So find the right fit and do it as soon as possible. It has been maybe the most if not the most game-changing thing in my business. Yeah. Yeah. I can't agree more with the whole finding a coach that aligns with you, finding the methodology, the way that they work, the processes, all that stuff, the person that works best for you and has a lifestyle you desire. So talk to me about how you see this whole journey, where you're going next, how you see this coaching that we've had taking you to the next level, how you see this trickling into other areas of your life down the line. You know, it it changes the way that I think about every decision that I have to make. Like a lot of the things that we've talked about with client relationships really translate to just relationships in general. And I think it's just helped me make any kind of decisions for my life a little bit better. (laughs) It's funny, but the way that we process is almost like therapy. So it helps me establish boundaries with my clients. It helps me communicate more clearly with my family. It helps me establish boundaries in my life. But it also shows me that if I know where I'm going, I'll get there way faster. So I always think about that. Like, what's the end goal? And even now, like this season of adding clients, I don't think that I want to have a hundred client agency with 20 bookkeepers. I don't think I want that. So I'm thinking, what's the next step? But I really feel like it's limitless. Mm -hmm. Like I could take it as high or as low as I want to. At some point, I'm not that financially motivated. I don't need a million dollar house or any kind of fancy car. So my thing would be, what if I just put this thing on autopilot and could keep this income and like do nothing? Wouldn't that be amazing? (laughs) (laughs) And it's not so impossible. So it's just kind of like, where do I want to go next? And what's the end goal, but there's so many places that you could go that it's exciting. Oh yeah. And I think what's cool about your journey is over the last five months or so you've made goals, you've set intentions and you've accomplished them. So that's built belief in yourself that whatever your next level is, whatever you want to go after, you're going to be able to accomplish it. So yeah, I I would, yeah. And I would say I've surpassed them in like short periods of time where I'm putting out things that I think are like a stretch goal. And then it, it happens. It's just the clarity. I really believe it's the clarity behind it. Yeah, so cool. Hey, just wanted to interrupt real quick. I am so excited for this episode and all of the information Katie is sharing. The biggest thing ever for me is that she is making a six-figure income while working the hours that it used to take her to commute to her job. 
That is mind-blowing. That is amazing for you mamas that are listening. So here's what I want to do today. I want to give you the opportunity to get mentorship and coaching on your journey. So if you're sitting there saying, yes, Katie, I have brought in some decent clients, some decent income here and there, but I really want to take my business expertise to the next level and I want to do it without sacrificing my family life. So if you want to build that six-figure income while working less than 20 hours a week, or nap time hours as I call it, then I want to invite you to get on a discovery call with me where we will chat about coaching, mentorship, where you are, where you want to go, and how working together can expedite your success. So head on over right now to 1kmom.com slash discovery. I can't wait to chat with you soon. So I want to transition into talking about your expertise, something you're super passionate about, and that is the importance of understanding your profit and your business. So share with everybody a little mini rant on that, and then we'll go from there. Well, when I started this journey online and into educating entrepreneurs, the reason was because people were coming to me with way outdated books or way outdated taxes. I was still doing taxes then. And they were making mistakes that was costing them more money than they had in their bank account, quite literally. And those mistakes could have been very easily prevented. So my my concept was to come online and tap entrepreneurs on their shoulders and have them prevent these mistakes before they were made. And then I realized I was having a little bit of trouble getting people's attention talking about tax and bookkeeping. And and I did a lot of talking to people. So I would have a lot of conversations with people about what they thought about tax and bookkeeping, where they struggled. And then I realized that actually in the online space and on Facebook groups, most people are not profiting. And if you're not profiting, then taxes hardly matter because you don't pay tax on a loss. And bookkeeping hardly matters because the bookkeeping is backing up your taxes And if you don't file for a loss, the IRS isn't going to come knocking on your door. They don't care to give you more money. But not profiting in your business is a problem. And not profiting long-term is a big, big problem. And continuing to run an unprofitable business for a couple of years becomes, to me, devastating. Because the purpose of business is to live a life that you want, right? Otherwise, you just go to work and get your paycheck for an agreed upon amount of time, go home and spend that money. A lot of people are working those day jobs, coming home and taking money from their paycheck to fund a business that now sucks time and money and is getting them further away from their goal. So they may end up not only not succeeding in the business, but in debt because of it where they would have actually been better off to just stay working. But I don't believe that that is because they don't have potential. I believe it's because they're not paying attention to the bottom line. So I do these workshops now. We forgot to even mention that. But (laughs) I do workshops now and I call it the bottom line because you hear that phrase a lot like this is the bottom line. Well, the bottom line on a profit and loss statement is your sales minus your costs equals either your profit or your loss. And that's where you need to be focusing when you're starting operating your business. You want to see that be positive. I read in Profit First, this is not like my aha moment, but I read in the book Profit First, which everyone should read, that you think that success is one client away, that you need more sales, you need more clients. But if you have an unprofitable business model, meaning 
you're selling a product, but you're losing money every time you sell it or selling a service and you're outsourcing that service or even your own time, that's the only thing you can't ever get back. Then the more clients you get, the less money you make. You're going to spend more money because you're not profiting. You're going to end up more overworked and with less money. So profit really needs to be the focus of your business. And profit is how you stay afloat, how you end up reinvesting in your business, how you start reaching your dreams. And profit is tracked through bookkeeping. Yep. I love that. I love the bottom line, the workshop that you're doing as well, because you're right. There's so much talk about offers and price, but nobody actually gets down to profit. Everybody talks about the top line, which is sales. When you hear somebody say, I have a six-figure business, or I had a five-figure launch, or I'm shooting for my seven-figure year, they're talking about the top line. And there's a reason why there's not a catchphrase in English that says that's the top line because it doesn't matter because the bottom line is what matters. So I don't care if you have a million dollars in sales, if you have a million and a half dollars worth of expenses and you lost a half a million, which can easily be happening. It can easily be happening even, be, even by the people toting their success to you. And that, that's what really rubs me the wrong way. I do think that there are some people that have six-figure businesses and make five-figure salaries, you know, modest profits, but nobody's keeping 100% of what they're bringing in. So it's misleading, especially when you're new to entrepreneurship because you think that you're comparing sales to your salary and you're not. You really need to be comparing your profit to your salary. Although there are costs of being an employee that get factored in outside of that. Like for me, the commute and everything else, daycare. Even if you're like, you're not going to pack your lunch and you're eating out now, those kind of things. So you could try to get closer to a comparison, but you cannot compare your sales to your salary. Yeah, that's true. So the person that's listening, they, let's just say they have not been tracking their numbers really at all. What is that first step that you would recommend them do to start to get their pulse on it? So I talk about stopping the bleeding first. Like I think that you need to implement good habits immediately and then go back and clean up the mess. So that the mess at least stops. So what you need to do is, because otherwise you can go back, clean up the mess, and then keep doing everything disorganized and get nowhere. So the first thing is worry about like today, go and open a separate business checking account if you don't have one already, like today, no joke. And make sure that all of your payments that you're receiving from your customers are going into that checking account, whether you're accepting Stripe, PayPal checks, whatever. All transfers, all income going through that bank account and all expenses for the business coming out. That is the easiest way to keep track of things because then you just have one source that shows you everything. So even if you get behind, it's pretty simple to clean up versus charging things on your credit card and then paying cash and then paying Venmo and who knows what else is going on. (laughs) And then go back and do a catch up of the old stuff. So do that tedious exercise of finding out where you accepted money, where you spent money and track that and then just, just stop it so that you have everything funneling through one bank account. And then my next suggestion is I really suggest that everybody has bookkeeping software, whether they're doing it themselves or having it outsourced. It's really the easiest way, if you have it set up right, it's the easiest way to, to keep a pulse, to run reports like you and I are talking. What were my sales in 
we asked what were my sales in March before we started working together in April. And I was, it took me five seconds to pull that. So you can do that with bookkeeping software and you can link your checking account to your bookkeeping software so that it just pulls over every transaction for you. And then you can make rules on those transactions so that most of your charges are going to be repetitive and it does a lot of the work for you. Then you can run powerful reports that show you each and every month's activity and how you're doing for the year. You can compare this year to last year and you can really watch how much you're growing. Yeah. So that would be how to get started. I love it. I love it. Well, as we wrap up, share with everybody where they can connect with you. And I would love it if you would share just one of your free resources, maybe your starting business checklist or something like that. Yeah. So I think the best place to connect with me is my Facebook group, which is the Profit Pursuit Community on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram at Orderly Accounting by Katie. And my website is katiefarrow.com. You can get the checklist at katiefarrow.com slash checklist. Love it. Thanks for joining us, girl. So excited <laughs> for you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you aren't already subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button so future episodes will land magically in your podcast app. And leave us a review to let us know what you're loving about this show. I am so excited that you have joined this community of other ambitious moms like you.